Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Hi, this is Bill Peacock, and welcome to the Liberty Cafe. It's a blessing to have you here today, as it is every day that you listen in, as we fight for liberty here in Texas. And it's also a blessing to be part of the Texas Scorecard Network. Texas Scorecard is the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe, and uh, glad to be part of them. Would you go on over to um, texasscorecard.com and find out what's going on in the battle for liberty? And that's particularly relevant today as we are coming close to the end of the second called special session of the Texas legislature. For those of you who don't know exactly how all this works, the Texas legislature meets every odd numbered year, every two years for 140 days in its special, in its regular legislative session. But sometimes they don't get all their work done. And so they come back and do more work. Well, in this case, the, the major work that they didn't get done was to give Texans property taxes. They, they managed to increase uh, spending uh, from last time they were here in 2021 to this time uh, they were here in 2023 by about $60 billion or so, but they didn't find any place in there to, to give Texas taxpayers any property tax relief. So Governor Abbott called them back in and it's amazing when you kind of look at the numbers here, because so the legislature has been in session for more than 170 days. During that time, legislators have earned approximately $6.8 million during that period of time. But that $6.8 million didn't get us any property tax relief. So Governor Abbott has called them back in. And finally, uh, just um, this week on Monday, uh, they came to an agreement on property tax relief. Well, we're grateful to have Don Huffines on the show today. He's going to talk to us and give us his take on the on the deal that they came up with property tax relief. So welcome to the Liberty Cafe, Don. Well, thank you, Bill. It's great to be on your podcast. And, and, uh, it's, and I appreciate all your help down there with in Austin with some of these legislators and our big three to uh, – Tell them the truth and help hold them accountable. Well, it, it, it appears that they need a lot of help with that. So I'm glad that we, the two of us and a lot of other Texans are, are, are working to do that. So let me, if I could, just I'll run through the, the kind of timeline and, and the broad parameters on the uh, deal that they struck. And then uh, and then want to get your comments on all this. So way back when. At the uh, the beginning of the first special session, right at the beginning of June, uh, the uh, the Texas House of Representatives and the governor of the state came out behind a bill that would just take twelve billion dollars of the surplus, which is you know a euphemism for taxpayer money that they've collected that they haven't spent yet, and sending it back to taxpayers for for reducing their property taxes, directly just reducing their rates so that the schools couldn't charge as much money. Right? The Senate, on the other hand, came out with a bill that would put about $7 billion into what we just described, which is also called compression, and then put some money into homestead exemption and also into reducing franchise taxes. So they were kind of whereas the, um, the House and the governor just wanted to reduce school property taxes for everybody. 
the the Senate package was kind of bifurcating the system or trifurcating the system, trying to buy down different groups of people at different rates. And so there was a stalemate over that for the entire first session. So they came back in the second session, which is um, where we are now. And things pretty much stayed the same, except the Senate, and for some reason I don't really understand, decided to add to their package uh, bonus payments for Texas teachers. What that has to do with property tax relief, I'm not exactly sure, but they did that. And then they sat around and did nothing. You know, they passed their bills in their respective houses and just sat there. And then finally on Monday, whatever was going on behind the scenes uh, came to pass. And we had the, the tax relief package that we came out with. And I'll just hit those details really quick. So the total package is about $12.7 billion, which is about what the legislature put into the budget during the regular session, session that could be used for property tax relief. Um, the compression in this package, basically the package looks a lot more like the the Senate package than it does the House. They put only about $6.7 billion in compression, buying down the property tax rather than the $12 billion that the House had. Uh, they put uh, several billion dollars into the homestead exemption, and then they also took an element out of the House plan, the original House plan, which would cap appraisal growth for non-homestead properties, so small businesses, basically, up to a value of $5 million. And that's a three-year pilot project, they call it. I'm not sure what that means, but a three-year project. And then they also did some franchise tax cuts for the um, for small businesses as well. So that's what we have. Rather than just buying down the property tax for everybody, we have this kind of menu of uh, cafeteria menu of different things that are be going on. So, Don, what's your take on all this? Well, Bill, you know, we've been spending a lot of time on this issue. Uh, I campaigned on it, of course, uh, when I ran for governor in the primary and the Huffines Liberty Foundation. And with your help and others that uh, we've been doing a lot of research to come up with a really good plan. And no one knows the budget really better than you. And, uh, and, and with your help, it's very possible and, uh, and achievable to phase out the, the local school tax from being paid by the local property owners and local tax uh, can we can do away with it? We can actually eliminate it, and that's really should be the goal. There's no question it should be the goal. I it it, it just baffles me it, to why our legislators and our statewide leaders—that's the Speaker of the House, the Governor, and the Lieutenant Governor—all Republicans. And keep in mind, both chambers are controlled by Republicans, as they have been for way over 20 years. They just want to solve the symptoms of the problem and not the problem. It's just it's craziness. It's illogical. Why wouldn't they want to just go ahead and solve the problem? So all they do is treat the symptoms. We wouldn't we wouldn't have this. The, what they came up with this week is a disaster. It's the it's the worst possible uh, scenario uh, that they could have come up with if they picked the House plan or just the Senate plan. Uh, it would have been better than this convoluted plan of picking so many different winners and losers. And we're getting closer and closer to what they have in New York and New Jersey. And 
where you start deciding, well, okay, well, this group doesn't pay as much property tax as this other group. In New York City, it depends on, uh, you know, how, for instance, you could say, how old is your real estate? And then you're going to pay less if it's older. If it's newer, you pay more. Uh, if it's on this street, you pay less. And, um, you know, it just goes on and on. Well, if the property owners are certain age, they don't pay as much as somebody who's younger or somebody who's really young pays more. I mean, it, it gets, it's ridiculous. And it, what it does is start separating us all into segments. And that's, of course, what the socialists have always done. The communists have always done. And then they let us and they it forces us to fight among ourselves in the different groups and hire all the lobbyists to go down there and curry favor. And and we never will get rid of the system. What they just came up with almost guarantees us and ensures us that we can never completely phase out the local property taxes. And that should be our goal. And we've got a great plan to do that at Huffines Liberty Foundation. But I am just shocked and extremely disappointed in, in this tax plan that came out of the legislature. What an incredible missed opportunity. I mean, it was a softball right over the plate. They have a plan right in front of them how they could do it without raising taxes, keep schools fully funded, without creating any new taxes. And and they obviously just don't want to do it. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that uh, they, they just don't want to do it. And you know, Dan Patrick, I think a little while ago said that it was a fantasy that we could ever get rid of, of, of property taxes. But but the Huffines Liberty Foundation has a plan to do that. Could you kind of explain what that looks like so we, we can see that uh, the, the listeners can hear that there's a, a true alternative uh, to this cons- this idea that we just can't do this? Dan Patrick's uh, certainly will explain it, Bill. I'll explain our plan. But I can tell you this. Dan Patrick's never met a tax he didn't like. Uh, He's never wanted to eliminate a tax. He just doesn't. He wants the government to have all these revenue streams, this free cash flow. And he's petrified of eliminating any tax. I served with him in in the state Senate, you know, for four years. I had a plan to eliminate the business tax, uh, the margins tax over phase it out over a seven, eight year plan. And, and, and he just freaked out completely that that might have passed. Uh, so I know how he operates and how he thinks. And uh, and it, and it, it's he's the most conservative guy, supposedly, that we have of the big three. But I can tell you, he's a huge spender. And uh, and you can see the results of that this session, uh, as you just already pointed out earlier in your preface to the Podcasting during the, uh, but look, our plan is really quite simple. And it, and like I said, we don't increase any new tax. We keep schools fully funded. And what we do is just apply the, the annual surpluses that the state has in their revenue stream to buy down the, the local property tax and we compress the rate. Uh, it, it's not complicated. It, it, it's really very simple. We, We've allocated in our numbers, as you know, and our budget shows that uh, that we the state can increase uh, state spending about two percent annually, so a four percent biennium, and then we take ninety percent of everything else to compress the rate and uh, to buy down the local property tax, and that'll get her done in about eight years, ten years at at, at on the outside. And then there will not be any maintenance and operation tax, M&O tax, the local property uh, tax to fund schools will be gone. 
I remind everyone that the state of Texas already pays about 40 percent of that tax uh, of that burden, I should say, that funding source. And so all we're saying is that we're going to get the state of Texas to pick up 100 percent of it. And then local property tax will go away, which is about a third to half of everybody's property tax bill. It just takes fiscal discipline is what it's about. Our plan is a five-step plan also, though I'll go through that real quick. Uh, we want to freeze school taxes the way they currently are so they can't backfill on that. Uh, we want to have a no new revenue tax rate. So the, the, all the local taxing authorities uh, uh, can't use the new revenue uh, to, for tax increases. Uh, we want to take it to a constitutional amendment to make it a little more permanent. It's the same thing they're going to do with this homestead exemption, which is, of course, a loser. Uh, but it's really not complicated. And, and uh, you know, what was really surprising to me is that Governor Abbott even came out and and parroted and and reiterated our plan. My plan and Health Science Liberty Foundation is to, how to eliminate it. And TPPF, Texas Public Policy Foundation, uh, has a similar plan. And it, so it, it certainly uh, we changed the discourse on this. And I really thought we were going to get it done, Bill. <laughs> we were making great progress. I mean, the governor comes out and says we're going to eliminate school, the school tax. And he said that in a debate with old Beto Head. And, and uh, you know, we're trying to hold him accountable to it. Then he just agrees with whatever the the House and the Senate came up with and the House caved into the Senate and the Senate bill is a disaster. And Oh, it's a train wreck. I'm just so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it, it is disappointing. I, I, I do think there is some positive things to be considered out of this, though. And I, I know you see this as well as as you say, we we and a lot of other taxpayer advocates, I think, changed the narrative on this. Right. That no, nobody was really talking about you know, elimination or the path to elimination when we got started back in January. But by the end of this discussion, that was the key point that the governor of the state of Texas was talking about, the path to elimination. And, and I think that's a, a big positive that we can build off of for, for next session. I think, you know, some of the negatives are is that, you know, they had, you know, you get the $32 billion surplus that they had last session, plus the, the $30 billion uh, of new revenue coming in over the next two years. And a lot of that is gone now. And as you know, our numbers were were, were put together incorporating the ability to use much of that uh, revenue to help buy down the property tax over time. So our, the plan is still feasible, but it's probably going to take longer now because they've done that. And of course, we'll run some numbers and come up with a, a better idea of what that looks like when uh, when all the ink is dry on these these plans that we have out there now, and so it, it, it looks like we've got a little ways to go to get back, but at least we've got this foundation. I mean, you know, twelve billion dollars towards property tax reduction is a, it's the uh, unlike what they're saying in the uh, the capital. This is the second largest property tax reduction in um, in Texas history, and so yeah it's something to build off of as we move forward to 2025, wouldn't you say? Well, I'd like to think that, and I hope that. Look, anytime you put $12 billion back in taxpayers' pockets, it's a good thing. It'll be a stimulus, uh, a huge stimulus. 
but this is a one and done. I'm just I'm just really convinced this is a one and done. And they've taken they want to take the steam out of the kettle. So they do this one time. There's no assurances they're ever going to come back and address this issue because not not this bill does not talk about elimination at all. It doesn't talk about anything except raising the homestead exemption and compressing the rate one time. And then they go back and 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 lie about this. They just keep lying about this being they're taking the five billion they did last session and adding it onto this one. So next session they'll come back and say, "Oh, well, we got ten billion from this from this session, and they're going to add it onto next session, and then they'll add the previous session, and they'll say they did fifteen billion." I mean, it, it, they're they know they're lying, and and they're going to continue that process. And this is a one and done. And then now we're all fighting among ourselves and. People need to remember that businesses pay about half of the property tax in the state of Texas. Overall, all property taxes, business pay close to one half of that. And now we've got a system that's being bifurcated, but businesses aren't going to end up paying more. Now you're going to have businesses fighting the homeowners. And now you're going to have some businesses fighting each other because they got this $5 million cap. I mean, that's that's craziness. When you've got land out there or you've got property out there and and the appraisals can go up a hundred to two, three, four hundred percent, there's no there's no end to what how much appraisals can go up. How's that gonna help renters? People that that rent in an apartment complex, people that rent a duplex or rent a house. I mean, it, this doesn't help any of them. And it doesn't help the the business owners that are employing all the Texans out there. Our plan was very clear. It helps everyone in the state of Texas equally. It helps the renters. It helps the businesses. It treats everyone equitably on a on a level plane. It levels the playing field. And of course, it's a lobbyist's worst nightmare. And it's a politician's worst nightmare because now they can't go out there and raise money uh, by the business community to to write them out of the next bill and everything like that. So. It, it uh, but I'm a little optimistic. We did change the narrative. There's no doubt. No one talked about renting their property from the government, never owning your own home. And no one ever will own your own home. You'll never own anything in Texas. All you do is just rent it from the government. And so yeah. we're working, we work to change that. And uh, so that's the positive aspect of it. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you talked about this, this, this agreement doesn't set us on the path to elimination. And I think it's worth kind of hitting a couple of uh, concepts on that because I, I'm not sure everybody understands this and I don't want to get too far into numbers here, but so for instance, they're, they're, we've been told they're going to spend $12 billion or so to uh, buy down property taxes in the state of Texas. Well, that that's really over a two year period, right? So, but property taxes are assessed as we all know, we pay our property taxes on an annual basis. So really what this package does is it is it spends $6 billion a year to buy down property taxes. And so we have the um, property taxes this, this year that we just, we paid in January, $81 billion total, right? So from that 81 billion, they're gonna buy them down $6 billion. So that goes from 81 billion to $75 billion. So that sounds great. Overall, Texas taxpayers are gonna save $6 billion this year or next year, 
But it doesn't quite work that way because while the, the legislature is buying down these school property taxes, guess what's happening at the local level? Schools are raising their property taxes. You know, they have to lower their rates from the starting point, but they can still raise them. Cities are going to be raising their property taxes. Counties are going to be raising their property taxes. And um, special purpose districts are going to be raising their property taxes. So at the, the Huffines Foundation, we've, we've, we've attempted to estimate what's going to happen. And uh, at, for six, the $6 billion in property tax relief that they're telling us we're going to get is actually going to be somewhere around $1 billion. Property taxes overall will probably lower, go down by $1 billion. And, and the reason for that is they send $6 billion back to us, but then all these districts start raising property taxes again and undermining what they've done. And then you go into the next year after that, the 2025 tax year or 2024 tax year, uh, we estimate the property taxes are going to be back up from the current $81 billion to somewhere around 85 to 86 billion dollars. And so that's the problem that that you're talking about here is they can send all this money back to us as, as they want. But if they don't control the growth of property taxes in the future, uh, it's like a dog chasing his tail. They, they can't ever catch up with it. Well, this is exactly, Bill, what the, the pattern has shown over the past 20 years, that if we get any type of property tax relief, it may be maybe last a year. Then after that, everyone's paying a whole lot more. And I don't know anyone that's property tax. It's very rare anyone's property taxes of, of what they paid have gone down. And uh, it's going to be the same thing going forward. This is a failed strategy. It's a failed process. The homestead exemption doesn't work. Patrick's tried it. This will be his third try on the same tactic. And it's never worked the first two tries. And, you know, you can be fooled once, but only a fool can keep being fooled. It's it's stupid. It's stupid policy. So it doesn't have lasting results. And it's just a one and done type situation. So, um, you know, maybe they'll wake up, but at least they're talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. Just on your point there. So uh, the the first effort to to buy down the property taxes through a um, uh, through the homestead exemption was back in 2015. Then they 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 didn't use the homestead exemption in 2019, but they they compressed rates in 2019. Then 2021 again, they did the homestead exemption, and now they're doing a package of both. Right? Well, guess what? Over you know since those seven years since they started, property taxes have gone from 52 billion dollars to the current 81 billion dollars. That's a 29 billion dollar increase. I mean. These efforts aren't working. They have to get serious about stopping the increases. And the only way you can get serious about stopping tax increases, this is a little secret. Not many people know this. I'm sure you do, Don. But the the only way you can stop tax increases is by stopping spending increases. And, And the legislature and our local governments just don't seem serious about doing that. Oh, that's obvious. You're t- <laughs> they, have you ever met a government that had enough of your money? They never have enough of taxpayers' money. And I remind everybody, Bill, as you know, that if you want to limit government in Texas, you want, and every Republican says, oh, we want limited government. You know, and that's a different definition for most folks. But they all say they want limited government. Well, the only way you're going to get limited government is to, is to choke off the money. 
And that's how you get limited government. Well, maybe we can uh, wrap up here on a positive note, because um, with all that money that the legislature spent this session, like I said, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 50 to 60 billion dollars in new spending, 12 billion of that money, they decided not to spend on their own, but they decided to spend it through constitutional amendments. So so when the voters of Texas come to the polls, on no, I think it's November 3rd, right, the, the first Tuesday in November, they're going to have an opportunity to vote up and down on about $12 billion in spending. Some of this is supposed to go to the electricity market. It's supposed to make the electricity market better, but what it's really going to do is make electricity companies more profitable. Uh, same thing, there's some water money out there and a lot of different things, but $12 billion, which happens to be about the same amount that we're getting in property tax reform this session. So one thing that the vo- the voters of Texas have an opportunity to take this matter into their own hands, to vote down all these big spending items that the legislature is putting into constitutional amendments and say, no, we don't want you to spend that money. We're going to send it back to you, and we expect you to give it back to us in property tax relief. Yes. Well, it's a good opportunity for everybody to vote no on every on all of them, and I hope they do. Yeah. And uh, so, what are what are the efforts of the the Huffines Liberty Foundation just to, to moving forward on this on this um, project? Well, we hope to keep reminding uh, you know Texans of, of what this legislation really does and what a missed opportunity it is, and. And hopefully we can hold the governor accountable to his uh, message that he wants to eliminate it. And now he's going to he acts like he's going to sign a piece of legislation that doesn't even mention eliminating or phasing it out, putting it on the glide path to zero. Uh, so we want to hold him accountable to that. And, and ever all the other uh, legislators that uh, we need to hold him accountable, that, that this is a very possible thing on property tax. But we're working on a lot of other things, Bill, as you know. Uh, we'll continue to educate voters on on many issues, and I think the next one you're going to see in the special session is education freedom, parental choice, school choice, and uh, and uh, there's some good plans out there. Nothing exactly is the best plan been submitted yet, but we've got our ideas. What's the best plan, and we'll be promoting that with the foundation, the Liberty Foundation. All right. Well, Don, thank you very much for being on the Liberty Cafe. It was uh, it was a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Bill. God bless you and God bless Texas. All right. Thank you. And also thank you to all the listeners here today. And and thank you once again to Texas Scorecard, the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.